All right, so, let's kick this. Let's kick this thing off so we can get it going. I love that. Go for it. What's up, guys? John Santez, Alex Rojas, Cutter Nation, Namaste Strength. We've come together to form Let's Win a Ball Game podcast, which is the only thing that's important. I got a group of Live AB College guys in here right now, and it's so funny when I ask him simple questions like, "How do you win a baseball game?" And they just are dumbfounded. They just want to get on base, and that is not the answer. What's up, Woody? Anyway. So, um, new remote training with Cutter Nation. Check our website. I'm pretty excited about it. I've got a nice uh, video package that I put together, and I'll be adding more videos as it goes to it. Um, let's see. Mark Pro, use discount code Clean Fuego. Scoutist Pro, download that. Let me look at my board here. Tater Bats, Cracking Bat Grip, Custom Cutter Nation combo coming out. Hitrax, Axio Trainer, Mobility, Voop Grip, Trackman, Pitch Logic, and more. Holy shit, Batman. Yeah. And now to my friend. Well, first of all, shout out to Wood. Where is he at? Oh, That's catching the so game right work. there. Yeah. Hey, dude, Wood is one of those guys that is from a place that you never heard of in junior college that just competes at a high level. Yeah. Because he's from Idaho. And all these California kids, and we're, I was talking about this with one of my coworkers last night. It's like, no offense to kids that are born and raised in California, but there are kids in other states that are just as good as you, and they didn't have the blessings that you had. Not to say that everyone's having a hard life outside of California, but we're just talking about the access to the facilities. You're playing nine to 10 months out of the year. The ability for you to be good at baseball in California is just easy based on the weather, like quite literally, right? And he's an example of a guy that when I was a kid, I was like, he's from Idaho. I was like, how good could a dude from Idaho be? And he had one of the dirtiest curveballs with a great fastball. And, yeah, there you go. Um, anyways, we're fucking raking. I'm not going to lie. We got some guys that are hitting well. Not everybody's crushing, but – We've got a lot of guys that are progressing in-game, and they're still training, which is super important. Uh, one of our best guys that – I mean, statistically one of our best guys, not the highest exit below, but just consistently one of our best guys just hit his second bomb yesterday. He's fun to watch. He's not committed anywhere to a college. So if anybody wants to watch Mitch Kreider at Amador Valley High School, um, he's hitting the ball very well. And um, – Got to watch our Granada High School guys play yesterday. They're hot. My alma mater, Amber Word, I think they're nine, nine wins in a row, and Mitch was hitting 485. I'm not sure what he's hitting now, but he was smoking the baseball in 15 games played. So, like, they've played some games, and he's just – he's established that he's hitting the ball right now. But, anyways, back, back to Luis Arias. And I want to bring up Tater Bass real quick because I want to talk about some hitting training. Right, and I want to I want to ask you: Have you used those tater split grips yet? Do you guys have those? Is yet? that the? Is it a two piece? No, it's the one that's got. Yeah, like we have. The, yeah, we have it. We okay. have the big old log. Yes. Tell me about that. What do you guys think about I, that? I love it. I mean, I always love swinging heavier stuff. Six. You know, you know me. I want to throw a two pound ball, three pound ball. Yeah. I want to throw that and then go to a five ounce. Um, yeah. You know, I know there's a lot of people that have said if you swing an overload and then you go hit, like, um, you're swinging slower. Well, 
I mean, what I think the goal is to access more energy inside the muscle system. That's the goal, uh, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you're swinging it wrong, right? Because you're not swinging it as fast as you can. Maybe you're swinging it slow. You don't have a reference. Right. Right. I mean, I'm 37, still got 98 on the exit velo with the wood and 105 with the beezer. So that's just because your boy lacks some leverage. Yeah. I, Hey, I was casting the barrel like a full driver the other day, just like throwing it at the catcher's head, like, <laughs> and just like coming through it at like ninety nine, going like, "This is amazing." <laughs> Short to the get ball, the right, ass. Get yeah. the right length to weight ratio on a guy. Like oh, it's. Yeah, let's see. I got. I got, so, I got my piece. I got my. I got my piece right here. So to, to go off of that, we have a very gifted. Uh, junior varsity player. His name is Chase McGill. He, he is a good two-sport two athlete, football, baseball. He just, like, in BP, he just plays gap to gap 85 to 89 miles an hour. And he's just been stuck. He's like, Coach, I can't even hit 90. And we're, we're working on stuff. We're working on stuff. And then shout-out to Matt Rose, our other hitting coach. He goes, why do you swing a 32? And this kid's huge like this kid's your size probably and a football player kind of build right like big boy and so he grabs the black magic 34 31 that he's got because matt's got all the toys i don't even use my bats when i show up to work i just grab one of matt's for the day mm -hmm. like and he knows this by now and it's all love because he's got the best toys there they're the best bats yeah anyways he's got a 34 31 and we had a conversation with everybody about swinging bigger and heavier bats and talking about the error correction that happens in your swing when you swing a bigger and a heavier bat because the shit doesn't work with a heavy bat that works when you have a light little drop five. like dude there's some guys that are swinging a drop five that are going to high school next year i'm like bro you should have swung a drop three six months ago like you got to get on board you're going to high school next year why are you swinging a drop five mm -hmm. Right? It doesn't give you an advantage because then you're technically going to be less experienced with a bat that you have to swing. Anyways, okay. get off that soapbox. He topped out at 93.4 that day after just swinging the 34. We did some heavy bat training and some other stuff for the class that we did. But the next day, which was yesterday, he just wanted to know where the 34 was right when he got in there. He was like, I need to swing something bigger. And this kid's got a wingspan that's like 75, 76 inches long. Like, he's huge, mm -hmm. right? So he could probably swing like a 36-inch bat. But we've got this thought process that the shorter the bat, the quicker I am to the ball and the better my swing is. And it's like in a vacuum, that works. Like, yeah. in, a, in a vacuum, right? But... When guys are starting to throw stuff that blows your barrel back because of how much movement, like I watch 10 year olds get their barrel blown back on like 45 mile an hour on the pitching machine. And then they use a drop five and when they have more weight, they don't get blown up. It's harder for them to swing at the right speed, right? Cause they're not used to it, but they don't get blown up. I see high schoolers do that too. We're like, bro, I just saw you get blown up. Like you need some leverage. I saw you get blown alone like you square the ball up on timing but the ball won the force back <laughs>
like it you couldn't stay through it so you pulled off it like that's what i see with the skinny 11 to 13 year olds that haven't figured it out so much right i'm not saying any names any specifically so don't get that upset out there but if you know it's you like come on swing a bigger bat like you should like john is a large human but he also doesn't swing a 32 like what's the size and regulation of that there sticks 34 and a half drop two. 34 and a half drop two. So is that a 34, 32 and a half? Yeah. Now that that is a that thing is what we would call a log. <laughs> now it, I love it's so balanced. Yeah. Like it's not it's not balanced, but there's a huge barrel on this thing. Like mm-hmm. this thing is it's all barrel. Yeah. Almost illegal. Like, and, and the thing is that like, you have to swing these things, not necessarily all the time. Like you swing your drop threes and whatnot, but like you need to comfortably swing bigger bats. So you know how to, like we talked about, like what's a reference point of like swinging hard. Like Holy. you just have to have reference points, man. It's, it's just like swinging a, a, or throwing a heavy enough ball, right? Just to stimulate enough. And I don't know anything about that, so I won't even touch that subject. But the next thing I wanted to say, and I wanted to ask you about, was, now I'm going to have to stand for this one. We're going to get, we're going to have a slight demonstration on this one. Because we've been having, we've been having conversations about where our hands are. So... I got a lot of kids that they just hang out with their hands like all the way out here, even when they get down here. Now, you're a pitcher, John. If you see a kid's hands hanging out here right before they swing, what are you gonna do to that guy? Well, um, they're just hanging out out here, and he's down, like he's swinging from here. Like, like this just cha- change ups away, just change ups and two seams away. Yeah. I'm just gonna watch you beat it into the ground. Like it's a really easy, like, and you're you're just gonna pretty much be here all day, right? It, you're you're two pitch out, maybe three, right? And one of the things that I wanted to ask you was, when you, I know you're like you read guys, so like, do you read where guys hold their hands? Like yeah, everything, would... anywhere their body is. Like, okay, uh, can you stand up for me? Yeah. The bat, like the the shape of your swing, can only do something from where your launch point is. So if your sure. hands your hands are like level, like slight, I would consider that bottom hand slightly below the shoulder. So you're gonna have a level swing, and you're right. gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle things up, and you're gonna struggle with things down. So I need to instead of east to west, I need to attack you north and south. Now if you put your hands above your ear, right, a little higher, right. If you're all, all the way up there. You're going to be really good to be on top of the ball, so you're going to hit breaking balls really well. You're going to hit pitches down really well, but you're not going to hit pitches no away. The away is going to be unless you dump the barrel. If you dump the barrel incorrectly, then it doesn't come around the right way. Now, if you go lower and you go full form flat to the ground, Barry Bonds, right? You're going to be way straight, like quicker to the ball, right? So because it's just the straightest line for what it is. So, like, I'm going to have to beat you in a more difficult game of back and forth, up and down, left and right. Mm-hmm. And so, so, like, I can just get your timing off. Mm-hmm. But if I throw it inside, you're going to be able to spin on it. 
So as I got older, like I used to be up here when I was a kid. And then as I figured out how to like hit the ball out of the park, and my hands did occasionally get lower to like, to when I was playing, my arms were pretty much right here the whole time. They were just hanging out down there. Yep. And then it's like this, I don't know who that Italian guy is. Matt, if you're watching this right now, if you could message that Italian hitting coach who works with all those big leaguers is, this dude's hilarious. I don't know what his name is. I can't think of it. But he's got the best New York accent slash, like, Italian kind of guy. And he just says it really, really simple in, like, a really easy way. It's like that outfield or what, what, what was it? Basically, in the sense of like, don't hit the ball on the ground, hit the ball over the fence. What's his name? Gradem. Yeah, that guy. Great. I'll have to do some research. Yeah. Gradem. But the the point I'm making is like, once you figure out how to launch the ball, I, I think it is like kind of a lower hands. Not the dude. I had a I had a dad come in the other day, and I was I kept telling his kid because his kid's elbow right it's up here. And I was just trying to have this conversation. And every Little League dad out there tells him to pick it up, right? Every, every Little League dad out there tells him to pick up their back elbow. And it doesn't make the swing any better because it's just like what we talked about. You're going to be really on top of the ball, and you're going to struggle with stuff. Like, it's going to be hard for you to hit the ball in the air. And the objective is for us to go deep because that's the perfect swing. Yeah. Do it 763 times. Oof. Oof. Try that, dude. That's so Yeah, if anybody's having a, a good or bad day, yeah. right, just go watch Barry Bonds hit his home runs in order, and then you'll just kind of like, yeah. And then you'll just start wondering why anybody in the big leagues ever threw him inside, like, ever. Like, every time I see that, I'm always like, what are we doing? Why was this the right idea? Who thought throwing inside the Barry Bonds? Like, it's one thing if you're trying to miss inside. But you could see plenty of guys that just, like, were not missing inside. And you were just kind of like, well, this isn't working, fellas. I hope you know that. I hope you know that this is not, not working. I don't have, have another way to say it. I'd love to be nice to you about it, but it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Dude, there's, like, a um, – there's, like, a weird gap, I feel like, in the idea between like doing the opposite of what they're trying to do, mm -hmm. right? In the game of baseball. Like, <laughs> you want me to hit ground balls. Like, it's the e easiest thing for you to do. It minimizes damage. Like, I would have to hit four perfect ground balls through a hole to generate one run. Right, or down the lines in, in various ways, mm -hmm. right? But it would have to, it would take more than two or three guys, right. right? Versus the idea of one guy could theoretically just take the lead. But we don't think about it like that. We think about it in like these, <laughs> I, I don't know what, like, it's the idea of like, I got to take what he gives me, but it's like, yeah, I'll take, like, the idea of what he gives me, but, like, how do I maximize that to expose what that guy did? Yeah. Like, I, I don't just want to, like, put a layup. I want to cross this fool up, throw it off the backboard, 
T-Mac down here and, like, hit it with one of these all the time. All, all the time, right? And that can just be a line drive or a triple or a double, whatever it is. But it's like, how do you maximize that shape that that guy gives you? Because it's really easy for him to mess that shape up if you try to do, like, a cookie cutter thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Just throwing that out there. No, I love it. Just letting that sit out there. Yeah. Also, have you seen Rojas's wife? Kid is winning. Yeah. <laughs> she's very, she's very good looking. She's a nice lady. She's a she's nice lady. Super nice. She's super nice, dude. She'll fucking. She's kind of sketchy. Like, if she was walking the streets, I would be afraid to approach her because, <laughs> dude, she's got hidden weapons you don't know about <laughs> she's got tactics that you're just not aware of that's um, yeah but that's like the idea of staying inside the baseball the robinson cano drill right putting the putting the net right here and you got to swing on one side or the other like that's a good concept but you can't base your whole hitting philosophy around that because you have to be able to adopt different things because that can just get you into the backside Billy baseball we're gonna play West Coast let's hit four backside ground balls and let's win a ball game it's like bro come on I said that to a kid uh in advance last night I said what are you good at and he said uh hitting the ball to right field I go no you're not I you haven't done it one time and got it hit not once not once you just, him to say just that. doing it, yeah. like just doing it and hitting it that way does not mean it's successful. Like hitting the ball to the right of second base doesn't mean it's going to work. Like there's actual specific spots. Mm -hmm. And so like right after that, I said, well, I'm pretty sure you're better at pulling the ball. Like yeah. I've, I've been, you've been, he's been coming to advance for like three months now. Right. And every time I talk to him after a week, like how to go, did you play? Because he's always saying something like, yeah, dude, crushed the ball to the left fielder, pulled it down the line, you know, had a hard hit up the middle. I'm like, sick. And then he'll come in and be like, yeah, I, I'm really just trying to think about going to right center every time. I'm like, it just sounds so American. Like It does. Like, I understand conceptually, like, yeah, you want to keep your shoulders here and you're trying to hit the inside part of the baseball. But that's just where your body's pointed. Yeah. That doesn't mean your brain is doing yeah. that. Like, you're like – I'm not arguing that that's not where your body should be because it should be there. You should have a body positioning that you can do that. But offensively, like, come on. Like, I'll always call bullshit on the mic trial. I'm just trying to hit a line drive over the shortstop. <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, you're not. That doesn't always work. <laughs> like, not only that, I've seen you hit a slider, motherfucker. Like, you fucking pull that shit. Right, right. <laughs> but, yes, conceptually, you are trying to do that one thing. But that's not what happens every time. I, I could say that from launch, I could see how you're trying to swing that direction. Yeah, yeah, that, doesn't mean, yeah, yeah. that doesn't mean you're trying to hit the ball that way. Right, but right. you're swinging at right. where the guy's kind of sliding right. into second right. base. I could see that. Yes. But me going that way the whole time? What are we doing? Like, like, okay, no offense. God rest his soul. Tony Glenn, one of the best contact hitters of all time. But if you wanted to have, okay, like let's play a very mean game right now. If you were to have dinner and after that dinner, you would have the matrix downloaded into your head to how to hit a baseball, you're probably going to ask Barry Bonds. 
Like, that's probably going to be the guy. He, he has 3,000 hits or, like, 2,900. If you played another few years, he would have done it. Yeah. Like, and he has. He would have also had 800 probably <laughs> home runs, right? That's the <laughs> other part of that, right? So that's probably the best guy. Like, that guy would tell you so many different things than what you would think about, like, I'm just trying to hit the ball that way. It's like, well, what about this pitch? the one that I hit in the McCovey Cove 87 times or whatever the crazy yeah. number is, right? It's, it's like he didn't he, – he wasn't punching Judy over the shortstop. <laughs> he, he literally created a cultural phenomenon of people having boats and rowing out there into the fucking ocean and waiting for a ball that may or may not be yeah. there, but we're here for it. Like, that's not hitting the ball into the left center gap, right? That's a different thing. But maybe conceptually, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to hit the ball that way as a warm-up, right? Because right? then again, John, if you know a guy's always trying to do one thing, you're just going to do the opposite, right? Or, or just play into it, right? Like, I right. enjoy people trying to go oppo on yeah. me. It makes me giggle because I'll just keep yeah. throwing cutters away. You're going to go oppo, and then you're going to hit a grounder to the second baseman. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're like, why did that happen? Yeah. Well, th that pitch doesn't work on that swing. That's yeah. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. If I spot the cutter where it's supposed to be, you can go with it till you're blue in the face. I move my second baseman over. My first baseman's going to go get anything, and I'm going to run to first and catch the, catch the throw every time. That's the other part of it. Like, I know we were ripping on defense last time, but that also goes with it. Like, there's two lines, three gaps in the infield two gaps in the outfield so that's seven holes in the in the field technically right so it does even the game out there's there's seven of them you take out the pitch and the catcher because they're busy doing shit these guys are who are defending right so you're talking about a guy who knows his own player it's like why are you trying to go somewhere that you're like you're not good at hitting these three lines and gaps you're just not like you said middle line in between the shortstop and then there, it's like, you got more chances to win on this side of the field than you do over here, bro. <laughs> like, it's just an odd yeah. game. Like, if we're gambling here, like, if you know you got a, a one out of five or a one out of three or a one out of five, like, I'm going to take the one out of three. It's just, it's just math. So, it's like, you have to know what you're better at. But then, of course, now I'll be the baseball coach. Sometimes the situation will suggest, all right, dude, in order for you to win this baseball game, the guy on deck has hit 19 consecutive, like, at-bats with, like, a, a hit or something like that. Like, this dude is raking behind you. I should set this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to be a point guard, right? It's okay to dish out an assist, even though it's not a baseball stat. Like, let's say you move the guy over and then that happens, right? Right. But if it's your chance to do damage, you got to be playing where the odds are in your favor. Totally. Then you can beat guys like John, too, right? Because you can lull him into a sense of security. You might have to lose two at-bats to do it, like sacrifice two to get one, and be like, oh, this asshole's trying to go outside all day. I had someone say that finally. Someone was like, you don't throw inside, like, at all in life. And I'm like, it's not nice. And they're yeah. like, what? I'm like, if I threw inside, like I was really trying to win a game, like it would yeah. get ugly. Yeah. Like you're, if I'm using both sides of the plate, like you're not going to, like we're going to get more swing and miss. The slider is going to be more effective. The curveball is going to be more effective. The cutter is going to be more effective. So I just like, 
try to be nice. <laughs> That's why I do appreciate your ability to do that because that is a thing that I don't think guys understand. It's like coaches are trying to get you to be nice, but you have a skill level where you can be nice and beat yeah. someone. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm not trying to humiliate you. I'm trying to get you out. There's a fine totally. line between the two. Totally. Right? Yep. Uh, okay. Anyways, off of hitting. Let's talk pitching. Okay. What happened to Jack Kelly, bro? Jack Kelly. I don't know. You didn't see that with the Red Sox versus the Rays yesterday? No, let me see. Dude, I haven't caught any. Yes, yesterday's my long day, so I got nothing okay. highlights. Okay, so let me – let's go to the YouTube. That was a short go. day for me yesterday. That was a short yeah. day. So, uh, got to watch some high school baseball. That was fun. Um, Jack Kelly yesterday. Versus the Rays. He throws a pitch, grabs his elbow, tears come out. Now, he looked like he slapped his pocket as well. Like, or his uh, arm slapped his body. And I didn't know if you had uh, any idea of maybe, like, watching this guy throw. Yeah. Oh, man. He, I, don't, I don't see it. Jack Kelly spelled normal Kelly? Yeah, normal Kelly. Jack Kelly with the Red Sox. But anyways, um, just arm injuries, like, early in the season. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 37 Let's, seconds. Give me. Give me a minute to get through this. Here we go. And it was on a changeup. Oh, was it? Yeah. Pronation. Shit. Oh. Good. That's the most eccentric position I think your arm can make. Yeah, he full on he full on pronated all the way through it, snapped it. So is that a is that a TJ? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, she gone. See you in two years, big dog. Such a wild injury that is, dude. For sure. It's such a powerful, like that and the Achilles. Oh, Christ. I feel like the ACL guys are bouncing back like fast now from the ACL because it's like. Yeah, they've definitely, got, they've definitely got way better at it. Like, didn't Strowman actually blow out his plant leg? Yeah. yeah, dude, that's nuts. He was pitching a year later. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my ACL was like seven months, and that was back in, um, shit, that was 2002. Dude, that's crazy. Seven months? Dude, that's, there's, it's like a year back for most NFL I, guys. I had, um, I, I just, I think they go about it differently. I went super aggressive on my recovery i had family that was physical therapist and they just told me how to do it so like i just did these exercises every day and got my knee as strong as possible so i was back playing seven months later i wasn't going to take no for an answer either honestly i was just gonna play i was just we fixed it i can't hurt it let's go you know so um from the other side of the pitching side okay i wanted to ask you like uh another game theory kind of question based around Freddie Freeman's 15 pitch at bat, right? Like, did you, did you see that, the, that list of pitches? I don't know it off the top no. of my head, but they, they took a screenshot of every pitch that was on there. And I really wanted you to see it. It's out there on the interwebs on Instagram somewhere, it's, but it's out there. Right. And, and it was such a great example for you to have like looked at this and been like, 
okay. Because it was such a great, I mean, 15 pitch walk, it's kind of anticlimactic. Somebody's got to get out or get a fucking hit like that. That's whatever. But I just wanted to throw it out there because you're, you're good at like your sequence idea, right? And I just wanted someone to be able to interpret it the way you do, the way that we can. I wish I knew it off the top of my head. Damn it. Huh. We got to find that. And then we'll do that in the next podcast or something like that. Sounds good. That, that, that's a good example of like maybe not knowing how to sequence your stuff the right way. Because like a lot of stuff that I see in the big leagues is so much repetitive action. And I feel like they don't switch it up enough off of, and, and again, I'm not a big leaguer and I'm not, I was never that good, but just like watching the game from this perspective, I'm like, how, like, I respect the tunneling. I understand all that, but I feel like they, they just dip into the same model. Like they go into these sabermetric battles where it's like, you have to beat this guy inside where it's like, why? So you see maybe five, six sliders, out of 10 pitches toward the inside part of the plate towards maybe the lefty, right? And then just using that as an example, and then typical change-ups away. And it's just the intent is correct with trying to get guys out, but there seems to be a lack of creativity in those dire situations because they don't know how to maybe mix speeds up on certain – like the Zach Greinke's. Like, I don't know if Zach Greinke would have ever gone 15 pitches to anybody. Like, that would have been hard, really hard to go 15. At some point, he's going to throw a 64-mile-an-hour curveball down the deck and be like, you're going to do something, like, do something with it. Right? Love that. So, yeah. That's just all I'm saying, right? Well, how do you, did you, do you remember ever going, like, 15 pitches? Like, what do you consider a long at-bat? What do you do in those situations? I have a good one. I have a good yeah. one. Um, Marcus Lattimore, not the defensive end for South Carolina, the uh, baseball player who's still playing to this day, I will never forget. It was like this. I just watched. I remember being third game of the series against Navajoa, and this guy just hit like six home runs in two games. And I was like, this guy. Like the first game, he hit four. I was like, what's going on? Like this dude's unreal. So I'm starting. So I have all respect. And I'm like, okay, he was all everything he hit was a heater. So I was like, okay, no heaters, zero. So I decided to start off with first pitch cutters inside, and he hit 11 home runs foul in a row. <laughs> all all, all uncutters all un inside. All uncutters inside. He just kept hitting them foul. And I was, and I was just like, like the first one he hit, I was like, ooh, got it. I was like, nah, the angle's wrong, way too foul. And then he kept like trying to straighten it out, and he kept like getting it really close, and he just kept hooking foul. And they were mad. Amos. I was like, Jesus. Like, we were laughing at each other and shit. So I like, <laughs> and I was like, there's, I was thinking about it. And I was like, I'm going stupid on this. I'm not throwing anything else until he either hits it out or misses it. And he, yeah. finally, and he finally popped up at the catcher, like, pitch 12. I guess if it's your best pitch and you can do it that well, you got to do it until it works or yeah. doesn't. And I even missed over the middle a couple times. And, like, and he still just hooked it foul. I'm like, you're just swinging straight heater. Why would I throw anything else? Yeah. And you're early on it? Like, and he just, like, couldn't adjust. Just, like, barrel, homer, 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 homer. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Incredible. 
So, like, if you were to look at that situation now, being who you are, the samurai you are today, would you have gone about it the exact yeah. same way? Sure. 100%. For sure. Especially first AD, like, he is their best hitter. So if I only show him one of my seven tools, like, I still have the other tools to play with as we go. Right. So it's almost like the at-bat doesn't even count towards our battles because he's like, the reference isn't the same. Hmm. So one of the correlations that I try to think about is kind of like taking somebody down, right? Like the better somebody is at wrestling, you have to off balance them and confuse them. But then it's very interesting when you watch shit at like the Olympic level, people just try their best shit. Yeah. And the other guy knows what that dude's best shit is. So it might just be like one takedown move that you see repeated over and over and over again. And maybe the guy just knows the counter. So maybe that dude actually straight one out and hit it off you. What would you do then? Would you still go about that the next at bat? No, no, no. New no. sequence. Okay. Right? So like that was the idea. Like they they did it until it didn't work. Right? And then when the guy hit the counter and actually proved like, oh shit, you like fuck not only got a hit, you like fucking smoked that yeah. ball, right? Then they're like, okay, I gotta really switch the, the thinking up, right? But at the, the mid-tier level, right? Where it's like guys that aren't quite at the highest level where they're getting paid and playing the Olympic, they're at the low tier shows, you can watch five hours of jujitsu and grappling on YouTube. It's like, that's what it is. It's like a five-hour YouTube live show. Right? Wow. Yeah. All these guys trying to make it. It's like indie ball. Yeah, for, that's what it is. It's just indie ball. ball. Yeah, for sure. That's what it is. And if you look at it like that, do they just try one thing over and over again, but it doesn't work like that. Like, it stops working. Right. And they don't have a backup plan to go off of that. So I guess maybe what I struggle to understand is, if it is that good, maybe you eventually know this shit's going to work, right? But then eventually that guy's got to switch up the sequence just so he can have long-term success because you can't just do that all the time. Right. Yeah, like if I threw first pitch cutter to the next time, like he for sure hit it 5,000 Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Homer, Homer, fair. <laughs> that was dumb. A, that was yeah. dumb. Don't do that. Yeah. That happened in, in college that happened too, the vice versa where I had no control and I remember facing this lefty. His family's name is on the dang hitting facility at this at, at West Alabama. Okay. And we decided to throw him inside fastballs and he hit like four home runs in the series. And then when I got up there, I decided I'm not throwing inside fastballs. I'm gonna throw fastballs away. And our coach kept hitting, you gotta get it inside. I'm like, dude's already hit four out on heaters inside. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't get it in. I'm like, why even try? What are we doing? This right. is dumb. Literally, like, like, what if I miss and I don't? <laughs> yeah. It was literally like change up, change up, heater, ground ball short. I'm like sick. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, my friend, I think I got to go. We're getting ready to get started, but I appreciate your time. Um, guys, like and subscribe. Free follow us as we go. This will be on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You got anything else? Hitters that hit, they hit often. If you want to be a hitter, you got to come hit with me. Not because I know everything, but you're not hitting right now. You're watching this. I agree. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon, bud. Later, guys. Yeah.